Hello, hello. Welcome to the Rotten Horror Picture Show, the horror movie podcast where we talk about films off the Rotten Tomatoes 200 Best Horror Movies of All Time list. My name is Clay and with me, as always, is Amanda. How are you, Amanda? Uh, I'm good. I keep hearing weird cat noises in the walls of my house, though. Every time your husband opens his mouth? Yes. It's a cat. <laughs> More or less. Yeah. Uh, yes, we are. We have hit. This is our 80th episode. Holy shit! Which means that uh, we are on a wild card, and this time around, Amanda has chosen 2004's *The Grudge*. The you're American... welcome, Clay. <laughs> Listen, <laughs> this wasn't my pick, but yeah, you really hit the Amanda hard in that one. We have rules, and I'm not going to be the one to break them. And if this is what she wants to watch, this is what we're going to watch, okay? I'm sorry in advance. Um, this is uh, the American remake of The Grudge. And uh, it was a... What was this? It was a response mm. to The Ring, which yes. is part of why you chose it, right? What? Yes, absolutely. Mm-hmm. Was Would you like to expand on that? Sure. So um, when The Ring came out, and I think as we spoke about in our episode, it had a big effect on me Mm. and my taste in um, horror movies and all sorts of stuff. Because at that that point, I was already a giant anime nerd. Mm -hmm. So then Japanese horror stuff started crossing over into the United States. And I was like, yes, finally my time. (laughs) Um, So The Ring came out and was huge. And then pretty shortly after The Ring came out, the grudge came out Mm -hmm. and I remember watching it repeatedly with my friends in our friend's basement and everyone else other than me being absolutely terrified of it. Everyone else other than you? Is that what you're saying? I was scared of parts of it, but I had most of my friends. I think I've also said this in high school, middle school and high school were not horror movie people. Mm. So I think half of my my joy over this movie is just the glee of getting to scare the shit out of all of your friends. Ah, yes. Yes. Okay. Oh, I thought you were going with uh, everyone was scared but me. So now I'm going to make sure that nobody else likes this movie either. <laughs> no, no. I'm going for the uh, the mildly psychotic. Isn't it fun when all your friends yes, scream and it cry? Is. It's very fun. It's very fun. It all <laughs> see what's interesting is I think I've I've talked about this before, but. Um, when you live with someone who has more of a, uh, less of a tolerance to that stuff, let's say mm. it can actually reinvigorate your own yes. level of fear. Yes, absolutely. There was nothing better than watching Greg's face when, uh, he caught about 30 seconds of this movie last night yes. and had to run out of the room. Yes. 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 Uh, we, I believe we've mentioned Greg's aversion to the quote pop-up faces. <laughs> yes. Yes. And this movie is mostly yes. pop-up faces. You referred to it as pop-up faces, the movie. Basically, yes. Yeah. Um, I I saw this. Did I see this in the theater? I believe I saw this in the theater. Oh, wow. And because I had I definitely seen The Ring in the theater. And mm-hmm. so this, did I? This is 2004, so I would have been in college. I, th- I must have. I must have seen this in the theater because I don't think I would have. I don't remember renting it. See, at this point, my friends had learned better than to let me choose the movie we were going to go see. So mm-hmm. I definitely did not see this in the theater. Yeah, I if I <laughs> I was I was about to go like, well, if I see when did it come out? If it was in the summer, I probably went to see it. But I don't, I don't care. <laughs> I'm pretty sure I saw it in the theater. Mm. But I 
don't know if I've seen it since. Oh, I haven't seen this movie in like 15 to 20 years. Well, if you're listening to this podcast and you watch the movie Mm -hmm. in preparation for this, Mm -hmm. then congratulations because it is apparently very hard to find at the moment. Yeah. It was only available to stream on Stars Uh or uh, Voodoo. Yes. Or one of the other like weird... I don't even know if it was, I think it was like Sling TV was the only other thing. Yeah, had. or maybe the paid version of the Roku channel or something right. like that. Like you couldn't, yeah. not even Amazon, you couldn't get it on Amazon. Yeah. Which is which is strange for a movie that is so relatively modern and mm-hmm. in the same kind of zeitgeist as The Ring Yeah, to be not available. Um, there's actually a little bit of trivia that uh, I'm not going to look up specifically because I'm going to try oh. and para- paraphrase it, but it was said this is the only movie in the franchise to get a VHS release because of when it came out, like at the tail oh. end of VHS, and it is also the only movie in the franchise to get a Blu-ray release. Oh. So apparently The Grudge is not everybody's first choice for a franchise, which is huh. interesting, but we will get into that. <laughs> Uh, We're going to play the trailer for you, take a quick break, and then we will talk about The Grudge. Okay, The Grudge. This has a 40% Rotten Tomatoes score with a 46% audience score. Not a lot of love for The Grudge. Directed by Takashi Shimizu, who is the director of the Japanese original. He also did the sequels, uh, or the first sequel, first American sequel and the Japanese sequels. This gets complicated with this. (laughs) Written by Steven Susko and Takashi Shimizu. Shimizu, Jesus. Uh, Starring Bill Pullman. Clay Duvall, William Mapther, the guy from Roswell, Laura Palmer's mother, Gen X Clint Howard, Ted Raimi, and, drumroll, for the very first time in the history of Penske-related podcast, Buffy Summers herself, Sarah Michelle Gellar. Now, see, this is where I get to say you're welcome, Clay, and yes. mean it. Yes, thank you. I finally, finally, you've gotten a, an, an SMG movie. Any Buffy-related tangent I make is now relevant just by this fact in all of the penske podcast yes it's as relevant yeah. now as it will ever be yeah lest we ever do the the buffy show at some point mm. but uh amanda what happens in the grudge an american nurse living and working in tokyo is exposed to a mysterious supernatural curse 
one that locks a person in a powerful rage before claiming their life and spreading to another victim. It's, it sounds like herpes or something. Yeah, well, the other the other summary I found was even was even worse. It talked all about Cleo Duval's section of the movie and nothing oh, about weird. Karen at all. Well, we'll get into yeah. that stuff. Uh, yes, because first we have to get into the things you'll find in this movie. Claire. Mm-hmm. Uh, things you'll find include a series of extremely milquetoast white dudes. Yeah, well, you know, that's those are the only type that moved to Japan. I get. <laughs> Seriously, Bill Pullman and the other guy are like almost identical. They really, they really are. They are yes. extraordinarily similar people. And 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 Roswell boyfriend has zero personality in this whole movie. But we'll get it. We'll- yes. Oh boy. Yeah, I yeah. can't wait to talk about that guy. <laughs> uh, you'll also find a Japanese cop plot. Yes, I was on the fence about the Japanese cop plot because I don't hate it. Mm. I think because he ends up involved. To a certain extent. Yeah. But even so, it's so unresolved in the story yeah. that I'm not really sure why it's in there. We, other than we can get it all into it. Other other than they needed a Japanese guy to be like, We have a legend. Yes. About- <laughs> yes. Let me tell you what happened in this house. Yes. Somebody had to do it. Uh you'll also find a loose mandible. Yeah, my favorite kind. <laughs> the Don't best you hate kind. it? Don't you hate it when you just drop your mandible on the floor? And forget where you put it. I mean, I haven't forgotten where I've put it, but I have definitely dropped a mandible on a floor before. Oh, that's right. Yeah, you have at least one in your house, right? I have more. One than loose one. mandible. Well, I mean, I guess it's it's not loose. It's still attached to the rest of the head. Oh, okay. Well, it's... Never mind. <laughs> anyway, uh, <laughs> the very real fear of an expat pre-smartphone in Tokyo. Mm, yes. And I can I, I can just imagine this because I have been to Tokyo and it's an amazing place, but I have been to Tokyo in the recent past. So I had, you know, like a, a GPS and maps that actually worked. Mm. There were translation apps. There are guides and, and internet everywhere. I cannot imagine. Like... One of the most relatable moments in this movie is when Clea Duvall's character says, I went out for a walk and I got lost and there was no one around who spoke English to help mm-hmm. me. Mm-hmm. It's like, oh man, yeah, that actually sounds, that's the scariest thing in this movie. Do you think that there is less of a market for that kind of story now that there are so many AIDS? Because a big part mm. of this story, one of the things that actually makes it um, unique from The Ring Mm-hmm is that it they didn't change the location it's still yeah. uh, in Japan yeah. they just changed the main characters to be uh expats or immigrants however you want to look yeah. at foreign exchange students I want to talk all about that <clears throat> but I've got a couple more things okay. to do on my list <laughs> You'll also find creepy little boys all the way up all the way up all the way up I remember that bit from the trailer like the, the tra- It's really good the- I really like it. <laughs> yeah, they they put a lot of the good stuff in the trailer, but yeah. all of the it's all good. It yeah. all works. Yeah, in the moment, it definitely all works. And finally, questionable slash just bad parenting. Yeah, I think when you drown your child in a bathtub, it's it's bad parenting. I think there's a bad parenting all around. I think. Well, yeah. I, I I think ultimately it's something that maybe a couple counseling sessions could have cleared up. <laughs> the murder. Uh, well, the murder and the weird uh, infatuation with 
your TA or your professor or whatever. Your professor, yeah. Um, <clears throat> yeah, lot, yeah. lot, a lot of questionable parenting and comma bad parenting all around. Yes. Um. <clears throat> so yes, the uh, the grudge. <laughs> this was uh, greenlit after the success of the Ring. It was the first. I think it was the first one out of the gate after the Ring. Yeah, that that feels correct. Yeah, and uh, there was another one I saw in college. Mm. that was not a remake it was actually it was an original it was a korean movie called the eye oh which was freaky as hell i remember seeing that and really creeping me out yeah and um one of the things that i think makes this movie different from the ring Mm -hmm. is i find this to be a the ring is a better movie yes but i think this has scarier stuff in it I think so too. I so I have a I have a I have a bunch of thoughts. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I have so many thoughts about this movie, especially well, I hope so. especially in comparison to The Ring. Um because yeah, I think The Ring definitely does have a tighter narrative mm. and a clearer narrative and um a plot. Yeah, not <laughs> a lot of plot clearer. in this one. Um they're moving in a direction in the ring. There is there is a central main character who's easily identifiable. There is a central problem she is trying to solve, and there is a deadline by which she must solve it. And there are a series of clues, right? right That's right. the ring. Yeah. This movie is much more just like a bunch of people got tied up and caught up somehow in uh, a series of horrific events. Yes. Just be just purely based on proximity to one another. No, nobody really. There's really only one or two people in this whole movie that have taken any action that has caused any of these things. Yeah, most of the people who get caught up in it are purely just bystanders. Yeah, and it's it's strange because I think um, I think coming off of the ring, you you come into this movie sort of with the preconception rightly or wrongly yeah that the same sort of thing is going on where right and that's that's they kind of set it up that way there, there's a yeah. mis- there seems to be a mystery at the core of this of what's going on yeah as there are with most ghost movies it's usually like all right well what's the ghost mad about let's find <laughs> out and with this one as it unfolds the structure's so weird yes and as you start getting these pieces which on their own are pretty creepy when you finally get to the payoff of what this is all about, mm-hmm. you don't get the same sort of aha or vi- or visceral response that you do with the ring, right? Because I don't think they. I think the the explanation actually raises more questions than than bef- without it. Oh, really? Well, just because <clears throat> i i found I found the explanation to be. Uh, I kept I kept waiting for there to be another plot element that tied things together a bit more. I see what you're saying. Cuz so when like you get into the Bill Pullman stuff um I was thinking, "Oh, he's clearly had an affair with this woman." Right. But that doesn't seem to be the case. Right. And um I was waiting for something else from the boyfriend, mm-hmm. some sort of just yep. literally anything from that guy, <laughs> and that never from happens. That beige wall of a human being. Yeah, and even even Karen herself, 
Yeah. I I I was watching this going like, what are the rules here? Like she's. Yeah. There doesn't seem to be any rules. Yeah. Uh, grudge can apparently follow you wherever. I'm going to be referring to the ghost as Grudge, by the way. <laughs> grudge can apparently follow Which you to work. Which is a great professional wrestler name. It is. Yeah. I'm sure there is at yeah. least one, if yeah. not more. <laughs> grudge can apparently follow you to work or <laughs> follow you home I'm to your apartment. keep giggling when you refer to her as Grudge. <laughs> um, yes, Grudge can go wherever <clears throat> Grudge wants to go. Yeah, I, I'm not really sure. And, and Grudge seems to be indiscriminate in the order in which it kills people because it kills the it kills uh uh ted raimi before i mean sarah michelle geller has no encounter with grudge after the first time until the last time and all of she sees her in like a bus window or something yeah but she's not doing anything like grudge follows the girl the woman home and kills her at her house yeah and so it's yeah. Which, when Doug goes to the house at the very end, she kills Doug like immediately. Yeah, I showing mean, her good taste and son of grudge <laughs> follows follows the girl all the way up in the elevator. God damn it, Clay! <laughs> <laughs> but you know what I mean. Like there's there's not oh, really uh, there's no real rules, and like you you get to the end, yeah. and it's kind of like all right. So is is the idea here that Karen? Why is Grudge revealing? the the story to Karen you know right. what i mean like i it's it's when it gets into the mm. plot stuff i find it to be pretty loosey goosey yeah absolutely but i think the scares in it are legitimately creepy and 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 scary yes yeah and i think that's part of the reason i wanted to do this this movie is because i do remember it being scarier overall than the ring mm-hmm. like the 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 Ring has a couple moments that are really great. Yeah. This movie has more moments that will, I think, visually stick with you and are the kind of thing that would pop up later on in like a dream or mm. something, especially if you watch this when you're younger. Yeah. And it's one of those things that kind of just floats around in the back of your head. Like there's even the scene where... um the one woman who's at her office at night is getting kind of trailed and, and chased. I think it's her or maybe it's somebody. I I don't even remember, but um, the ghost is attacking one of the characters and then she tries to turn to a door mm-hmm. and then its head is in the door and just kind of floats yeah. down towards, Man. towards her. They got it's, some good use out of that fake head. Oh, they absolutely did. And, and it's, and it's just uncanny looking enough. Do, yes. Do you know what I, like it doesn't need to be gory, it doesn't need to be super grotesque. It's just an uncanny enough humanoid mask of a face that it it triggers something in your brain, mm. at least for me, that you see a human face but it's wrong, which right. I know we've talked about a lot that being sort right. of a real trigger for fear in in the human psyche. Mm-hmm. And so I think that's why it it works so well throughout the movie even though you do see you do see her face several times yeah and it's they, they never linger on it yeah it's you know, usually pretty quick a, yeah yeah um and yeah the thing with the ring is that like you said you kind of have a banger of an opening and mm-hmm. a banger of an ending mm-hmm. and then the middle as i believe we talked about is kind of like yeah it's it's fine it's yeah. it's a if you're in if you're into the mystery of it it's yep. very engaging yep it's very it's very moody yeah it's a great looking movie yes but it's not really super scary in the middle. Right. But right. There are one, moments of, of, of disturbing events 
like the horse suicide. Yes. That's very disturbing, but sure. it's not frightening in in that sort of I'm watching a scary movie that adrenaline shot way. Yeah. It's more just like, "Ooh, yikes. Oh, yeah. I don't I don't like horse suicide." <laughs> <laughs> Brian Cox suicide, however. Totally fine. Eh. <clears throat> um Yeah, it's it, it is it is a strange one in that I I wonder if but by the time you get to the end and you mm-hmm. and it and it does kind of start to tell you what's going on, I, I feel like you almost kind of have to decide whether or not that matters to you, yeah. if it makes sense, because this one definitely is relying on just creepy imagery and yes. scares more than plot. And yes. so I, I, I almost like I don't know, it's it kinda I think it lets me down a bit because there it does kind of fall to pieces so much i just yeah. I, i'm just looking for like one one piece to really kind of like hook things up a little bit more yeah to make it all feel i'm gonna say feel worth it but i don't mean that to be to say that the movie's not worth it because i do think it's it is good mm. but it just the, you're expecting this payoff at the end and this tight ex- explanation right and you kind of you kind of get it and you kind of don't yeah can i i, I want to give sort of a I don't know if I would call it a theory around mm. that or more of just, just an idea that I've been kicking around in my head about this one mm-hmm. where I I wonder if the structure of the movie doesn't do it a disservice. Yes. With the nonlinear narrative and the jumping around in time. Yeah. Because I think what that does, and maybe I'm wrong, I might rethink this as we talk about it, but mm-hmm. what I kind of think that that does is it sets you up to be looking for that kind of big reveal to be expecting that they found the right key in the right lock right. and they turn it and it goes, ah, aha, I understand now it all makes sense. Yeah. And that's what that sort of moving back and forth and parceling out these little tidbits of people's stories to you. At least for me, that's what it feels like it's driving towards is, is some big climactic reveal. Mm. But the reveal is pretty straightforward. Yeah, for you the know, most part. You know, yeah. it's it's that the woman who used to live in this house became obsessed with her professor mm. and was lightly stalking him. <laughs> yes. And there was evidence of her obsession in the house. Her husband found it and and lost his mind and killed her and their their son and himself. And mm-hmm. the unsettled spirits of that family that died horribly violently are now tethered to the house. And anyone who comes into the house is vulnerable to these ghosts. Right. But that's like, as ghost stories go, that's pretty straightforward. Sure, yeah. A murder-suicide family annihilation situation where now the ghosts are mad. Yeah, yeah. There's no... It's not like with the ring where there's sort of a the slow peeling back of the different events that right. turn your understanding in that kind of kaleidoscope way until a full picture emerges. It, it doesn't really need that. Yeah, it, it's it's too straightforward well, of a story. I almost wonder if if related to what you're saying, mm. if that structural hanky panky is. Uh, due to the fact that it is so straightforward. Yeah, maybe. And, um, and that 
kind of chopping it up is a way to keep it kind of and did, did you see dunkirk no 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 so well spoilers for dunkirk uh one <laughs> of the things one of the things about dunkirk that people had a big problem with is mm. you you're kind of following these two stories you're following the guys on the beach and you're yeah. following tom hardy in a plane cool and as the movie starts to come to the climax you realize that the tom hardy plane story mm-hmm. is like two days earlier uh and I, I think there was a lot of people who were like, well, why did they need to do that? There's no reason for that to be like a different timeline. Hmm. And <clears throat> when I saw it, my first inst- instinct was, yeah, it's just, it's you got to do something to mix it up, I guess, eh. to make it not so straightforward. It's been a while since I've seen it. I can't remember what I would think of it now. But yeah. And so I, I'm I'm wondering if, if that's part of it, because as, as kind of you, you were saying, I feel like once they start jumping into flashback, uh-huh. you start thinking, okay, this is going to be important. Yes. And ultimately, so when they jump back to um, uh, Laura Palmer's mother yes. and her family showing, Clay Duvall showing up. Yep. The that, Williamses. Yeah. That's important, like, thematically, maybe. Right. Because it's about, it's another expat family who is having trouble with the lay of the land instead yep, of getting acclimating used to and yeah but as far as the plot goes it's only important because they are also dead <laughs> you know? right right and 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 their their mother uh, laura palmer's mother uh who in this movie her name is emma um emma is the reason why they need like senior assistance help right and that help going missing yoko going missing is why sarah michelle, sarah michelle geller shows up at the house at all right so that's really the only reason they're important is that they're they're an american family with an elderly family member who needs an aid mm. and at some point that ends up being karen yeah and so that's that's kind of why they're important it's like because they're dead and because they got her into the house right like, you know now that i'm thinking about it <clears throat> yes i don't think i do like the japanese cop plot in this movie and i'll tell you why <clears throat> because you karen like nakagawa-san he's fine and i love that in these movies all the all the cops all the japanese cops wear trench coats like they're from the yes. 40s like they're all they all just watch Columbo. And i choose to believe it. that they still do <laughs> in real life but karen doesn't have a ton to do in this movie no and so once the cops show up and you have the cop find the pr- the other two bodies in the, the attic. Mm-hmm. Like I feel like that's all stuff Karen should be doing. Yes. Because that at least is driving her towards something. Because Instead of just once you kind of jump back to the present, mm-hmm. she's just sort of like flustered for a while. Yes. And then she goes on the you know gratuitous, I need to f- search the internet for right. what this is about. I need to go to this poor bereaved <clears throat> widow and ask her about her dead husband. Yeah. And it's like that's whatever i mean that's just yeah. par for the course that's yeah. almost exactly what happens in the ring mm-hmm. and so i think it, it i think sh- her having more to do yes would make the flashback stuff feel especially since she is also a little bit out of her element and adjusting yeah. to that giving her more of a connection to that family would be nice yeah um <clears throat> i mean it, it's so if i recall correctly and i might not uh because i have seen the Japanese version of this movie. I cannot remember. if I, I think I have. I cannot remember. I know I have. I'm not 
claiming to remember much of it. Mm. <laughs> but I do think that the the plot and the structure of this one mirror the Japanese one almost identically. I believe you're right. Like, I, I think this is very much modeled on that one. Yes. The, uh, the director, I, I, I believe, said that he, was, he wanted to do the remake because it mm. would allow him to fix some stuff. Mm. That he that he didn't like about the original. Yeah, and uh, the cop is a, is an amalgamation of a couple characters from the original. Ah, uh. uh, I think I think the Bill Pullman character. Mm-hmm. There's a something about him is is taken from one of the sequels. So there's like stuff from okay. the sequels of The Grudge that has kind of been folded back into the first one in this movie. Yeah. So there's a little bit of that going on where it's like it is very structurally similar except mm-hmm. the Karen character dies in that one. Yeah, which almost might be better. It's it's tough because I feel like in this movie Sarah Michelle Gellar is the protagonist in the sense that she is especially at the time the biggest name in the movie. Mm. Yeah. Like she's the most recognizable. Right. She's got the most star power. So it because plot wise and even screen time wise, I don't know if she gets the most screen time. She might not because that flashback is not a short flashback. Right. Yeah. So it's it's this... And then the cop shows up and he takes up a bunch of time. Yes. And then they go off to the sister who gets grudged. Yep. <laughs> um it's so interesting cuz because I think it's really hard if you take the 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 celebrity out of it and you just look at the characters as they are on on it, during the movie it's really hard to say which one of them if these were if this was cast with all total unknowns like mm-hmm. who would you read as the main character of this movie yeah. i think it would be a lot harder and i think that's one way in addition to the the nonlinear structure that makes this movie feel very unmoored Mm. is that you don't have one strong clear protagonist who's like on some sort of mission whether self-appointed or otherwise um and the character groups are all very divided Mm -hmm. most people you see in this movie are dead before the movie start like like yeah dead before you get to the sarah michelle geller part of the movie Mm -hmm. um which is for lack of a better way of phrasing it, we're going to call that the present day yeah. in the movie. Um, every Most everyone else is dead. Because every day that she is on screen is a gift. <laughs> it's the first day of your life every time. <laughs> um, but I think that makes it tough too because she doesn't have any relationship with any of these people. Right, yes. Um, it's not like we know that she's friends with Yoko or something. Right, or, she you know. knows Yoko because they work at the same place, yeah. but she's an intern. Like, Sarah Michelle Gellar is an exchange student getting credit for her classes. Yep. She's not a permanent employee. They're not close. You never see them interact. You never hear them say, oh, I was wondering why she missed movie night last night. Like, right, we hang yeah. out all the time. Or like, she's my roommate or whatever. It's, it's not that. It's also weird to me I didn't know exactly how old she was when she did this, but mm-hmm. I, this is like, I think Buffy's over at this point. I think 2004? so. 2004? Yeah. I think so. And uh, yeah, I think it would have just ended because they did seven seasons. It started in 97. Um, but I, I never for a second thought that she was a student. Like she doesn't right. look old. I mean, no. She looks, she looks fantastic. <laughs> I mean, let's just be. All right. Okay. Moving along. Here. It's 
Let's keep it going. <clears throat> but um, I I just never thought that she was playing a student because yeah. I mean she must have she probably was like twenty eight or something when she did this, yeah. twenty nine. But she also just doesn't as a character. The character doesn't read that way. Yeah. You you always you see her either in her apartment or at work. Yes. You don't see her going to classes or on a campus. You don't see her saying to her boring ass boyfriend, oh, honey, I'm sorry I can't tonight. I really got to study. You know, I have a huge exam tomorrow. Right. Yeah. Like she just seems to be living in Japan and working a job. Yep. Which I think could have been totally fine. It could have been that her boyfriend was, you know, a PhD student and he was working on a project in Japanese literature and he had a grant to work in Tokyo for a year. And mm. she went with him because she's like, well, I'm a nurse. I can get work anywhere. I can, you yeah. know. Honestly, there's probably, a, maybe this is a cliche story, but I feel mm. like there's almost a more interesting story there. If she is there to, if, if he is there for a purpose, like, yeah. like you're saying, he's working on a PhD or something. Yeah. And she is there with him. Yes. But not necessarily psyched about it. Right. And so you get more of that um, fish out of water, stranger in a strange land kind of thing, which yes. then feeds into everything else that's going on. Yeah. I think there's almost a version of this where she and Cleo Duval's characters are more combined. Yes. Where it's kind yeah. of like, I came here because it's important to my partner. Mm. It's a temporary situation. I can do this for a year or two. I can figure these things out, but I'm not super into it. You know, the other thing. So the structure, I feel like, is the most fascinating thing about this movie. Mm. And as I was thinking about it, I kind of felt like it feels a little bit like audition in certain places because sure. audition has that s- kind of un unannounced time jumping that it does yeah you know a bit yeah. where it jumps to the sh- you know, etc and um i i find it i find it interesting because the uh idea of having this main character mm. in let's say let's say it's sort of like a janet lee and psycho situation right Mm. where you're following her up to a certain point and then Mm. the grudge shows up yes and then you jump back or then you start this new story there's something kind of fun about like oh okay well i didn't realize she was done right new story oh wait this is a flashback and then Mm. you pick back up later on as they do in the movie yeah but i i feel like there's the thing that's almost missing is that somebody from that flashback needs to have survived right and so sarah michelle geller can talk to that person right or you need to have seen in that flashback that like she also came into the house sometimes and like knew the family or like there i think there just needs to be more of a tether than the fact that it's like i entered the house once right yeah yeah Yeah. like i feel like laura palmer's mother kind of there's an opportunity there where maybe if they didn't kill her so quick yeah or just gave her more lines while she was alive yes she has one yeah. line yeah I, I just want her to leave me alone yes that's yeah. it but yeah there's there's just it's it, it feels very japanese in that it has this sort of jumping around flashback structure that is yeah. just sort of vignettes more than anything else yeah and i think maybe maybe in some cases in <clears throat> i think i don't know if it's just because like culturally that's you're more acclimated to that maybe outside of america 
mm-hmm. having a film of, of that nature where there is less of a direct protagonist and the vignette structure is more familiar and therefore feels more understandable. You know what I mean? You know what I mean? Yeah. Maybe for us, it just feels foreign because the way American movies are typically structured is there's like one brilliant individual who's the only one who can fix what's going yeah. on. It's very like American exceptionalism all yeah. the time. And it's so strange too, because if you took the Clay Duval section out, nothing changes. Except except right. for the, except for Laura Paul and Palmer's mother, but right. like when when Karen starts doing her research, mm-hmm. she's not looking into that family. She's going to Bill right, Pullman because well, they know what happened to that family. Yeah, at least they think they do. They they know like you know they find them in the attic. Yeah, and so it's this horrible tragic thing, but it's not a mystery. True, yeah. it's not like why is this house evil? It's it, you know she she. She wants to know what drove them to it. Mm. And it just, it, it, but again, <laughs> you know, we kind of in our things you'll find it was uh, creepy little boys all the way up. Mm-hmm. This is like grudge ghost all the way down. Like it's, the, right. it, it, there's no difference between like, why did they do it? The, the evil ghost did it. Right. <laughs> you know, it's, it's just all the time. That's, that's the answer. It's just that like, there is a curse and it killed them. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's it's a it's a frustrating movie in a lot of senses because I think there are some really great moments. Mm-hmm. I think the sequence where the sister is in her office is actually really well done. Mm-hmm. I, I I agree that it's kind of confusing when you start to think about the like what are the rules here? So this 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 grudge ghost can leave you can just say grudge, it's fine. <laughs> that that's her first name? Yes. It's not Kayako? No. Um, but she can leave the house. Mm-hmm. She can she can haunt you wherever she so chooses. She can grudge all up and down Tokyo. Noun and verb, yes. Um <coughs> proper noun. Proper proper noun and and verb. Um But I but I still think I think it's really well done when mm. she's like alone at night yeah. in the building. I think it's really creepy when she's in the stairwell. Like I, I like that stuff. I think this the the sequences with people looking in that damn closet are really scary. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> like I think those are used to excellent effect. It's like a dumb waiter to hell. It's yes. Like, every time they open it, it's every something, time something new disturbing. Something just there. horrible is in there. Um loose mandibles, mm-hmm. cat boys, whatever. Son of grudge. Son of grudge. <laughs> TV son of grudge. <laughs> um But I I also think the vignette structure means that you're rushing through a lot of stuff. Yeah. Like it does, mm-hmm. it feels, you you watch these these flashbacks or these moments with certain characters and it just feels like they're trying to get to the point where the scary thing happens and then they just drop it and move on. Mm-hmm. I, I find, I found that I kind of missed some of the, some of the suspense of the ring. Yeah. You know, like, like when you think about the ring even just taking that opening segment with the two teenage girls, that goes on for several minutes. Right. You know, they, they come home, they're kind of in the bedroom and they're bantering and giving each other shit and scaring each other. Mm-hmm. They go downstairs. One of them talks to her mom on the phone. They're getting like a snack. They move through the house and then the scary stuff happens. Right. 
and it gives you a little more time I think to start to worry and <laughs> to right, start to yeah. be a little bit like, what is that? What is happening? And they do that occasionally in this movie, but there are so many, I feel like I, I wish I had written, written down examples that would have helped, but I feel like I, I got the sense a couple different times that they were just, here's a good one. When Sarah Michelle Geller has come to the house and it's nighttime mm-hmm. and she's still waiting for someone to show up mm-hmm. there is, I wish they had kind of played with the idea of her being alone in the house in the dark longer because she's there for the afternoon and it's daytime and and she's, she's helping Emma get back in bed and she's doing some laundry and she's just kind of hanging around. But then when the potential to kind of have her be drawn around the house and, and show her a little bit more happens they don't i just feel like they didn't use it to full effect Mm. they sort of have her meet toshio the boy son of grudge son of grudge Mm -hmm. and then she goes back into emma's room and then she sees grudge Mm -hmm. and then we're out (laughs) yes we're done yeah um so it's it's just weird i guess i guess it's just like the, the it adds to that disjointed feeling that i I'm not sure if it really adds to the scariness or if it subtracts from it. Yeah, I I found it to be. Um, <clears throat> I feel like it's it's the 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 scares themselves are maybe not conventional, but I feel like the setups were fairly conventional. That's a good way of putting it. Um, as far as <clears throat> if you want to look at the the sister. Mm-hmm. In her office and then back at her house. It has all the kind of hallmarks of this kind of thing where it's like, you know, she's alone in the thing. Yeah. Phone rings. Oh, dead brother. Yeah. She just goes outside. Nobody's at the door. You know, it's 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 yeah. relatively I did used to call my friends and try and make that that creaking noise into the phone. <laughs> nice. Yeah. I did it to one of my friends and she stopped picking up the phone when I called her. Excellent. Mission accomplished. <laughs> but yeah, it's... Um, I, I, f- I feel like the the strength of this movie and the 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 strength of the scary stuff in this movie is how um different and mm-hmm. unnerving it is. Yes. <clears throat> yeah, like, having Grudge's face turn towards you <laughs> when she's yeah, been crawling down first, the stairs or whatever. The first time you see her in the in the attic. Yeah. Oh my god. Yeah, that's really really the one well that done. actually really got me pretty good because mm. I've always I've always this has always creeped me out mm. um so you get a bit of it when during the sister sequence where you mm-hmm. see grudge on the uh security camera mm-hmm. but you only get a little bit of her showing up and then they kind of cut away yeah and then the cop watches the tape yes and most movies would have him watch the tape and see nothing right this actually recorded yes the grudge showing up but <laughs> and just kind of rising up into the screen <laughs> that's the thing it turns into a scare for the cop uh-huh because she moves towards the ca- the camera right as though she's walked down the hallway and out of sight yes disappears and then rises up directly in front of the yeah. lens so all you can see is her big wide eyes yes and for some reason making some sort of creepy whispery kind of yeah. yeah, for some reason that has always unnerved yeah. me. Like the breaking of the fourth wall, like that. Yeah, has always freaked me out. I remember there was a show. I don't remember what the show was. It was one of those like 
haunting shows on TLC or something, oh, yeah. right? This is years and years and years ago. The I I I would love to to I don't even know how you would find this out, but there's something about mm-hmm. watching those shows when you're of a certain age yes. where even though there is zero production value. Yes. They find out, a, they figure out a way to creep the fuck out of you. Well, did you ever watch, I think, oh God, I think it's called Fear. The MTV show? Yes. Oh, I love that show. Oh, yes. I love that show. There Every was, so often I find those on YouTube and I just rewatch them and I'm like sitting in the living room eating popcorn like that Michael Jackson gif from Thriller yeah. and Greg walks in and just immediately walks back out There again. was, I, I, I can't remember if I've mentioned this before on the show, I may have. There was one episode of that show that ruined it for me. Mm. Like it, it totally snapped the illusion. Oh. Because uh, I was, when that show started, 100% yeah. in. Yeah. Really creepy. You know, totally bought in. Mm. Then there was an episode where they were in a, a an old abandoned prison, right? And oh. one of the guys had to go up onto this ledge <gasps> where there was a, like a noose hanging oh, and he had to put i remember this and it was pretty much like they implied it was like you're gonna have to hang yourself yes he had to put him his head in the noose and then like push this big cinder block off that ledge or something and he's freaking mm-hmm. as like i don't want to do it and i'm watching this i'm like mtv is not going to execute you <laughs> at 9 p.m on cable but i think the point of that is <laughs> is that you've you've gotten so deep into the environment yeah, you're, you're psychologically you're just so shaken by the atmosphere I and everything guess. else it that just, you have stopped seeing things objectively. It just it it took me out of it because that one, the thing that that worked well in that show mm-hmm. was when you couldn't see the the hand of the producer. Yeah, and that was the one where I was like, right. that feels like that's a bit right. You know, that right, the ones feel... where it was just sort of like go sit in solitary, like go down into the yes. hole and sit in the solitary confinement cell for the next two hours while nobody comes to get you yeah that those stuff, were the things where you were like yeah i can imagine being like nope get me out of here right right yeah. but um there was a show i was watching one of those haunting shows or whatever and they mm-hmm. were they were doing a story about someone who was staying in a hotel and uh the person was explaining what happened and he was like yeah and then in the middle of the night i woke up and i looked at the television and there were just two giant eyes staring at me from the screen of the tv and i went over and i unplugged the tv and the eyes were still and they and they showed they dramatized this yeah and it was terrifying yeah it was so fucking creepy and that i don't know if that was the first time but that has Mm. always been something that freaks me out i have a similar it's funny because i i have a different but similar idea thing from this movie Mm -hmm. It's for me, it's the scene where she's in the shower mm. and she's washing her hair and she touches the back of her head and she feels a hand yeah. in her hair. Yeah. As somebody who's had pretty long hair at different points in my life and has run my hand through my hair and found stuff in mm. it, <laughs> that's like a nightmare. Oh, totally. Just, yeah. just like, it's like this the, 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 um, the ghost story, the urban legend thing. Um, it reminds me of the one where it's like the, the girl, uh, young woman lives alone in an apartment or she's Mm. home alone for a night and there's, she's, she's heard about a murderer on the loose. Yep. And so she grabs her dog and she brings her dog into the bedroom with her and she makes the dog sleep at the side of her bed. And during the night when she's scared, she reaches her hand down and she feels the dog lick her fingers and makes her feel better so she can go back to sleep. But when she wakes up in the morning, she finds the dog dead 
Mm. And somebody's written, you know, some creepy thing in the wall in, in the dog's blood. Yeah. And your, you realize. Your fingers taste great. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. You realize that it's like, it was the killer licking her hand. Yeah. It's like, it's that idea of somebody touching you and invading your personal space mm. and you not being aware of it until it's already happening. Yeah. There's something like viscerally skin crawling about that for me. So that that moment in this movie is, I think, probably one of the ones that most people would find less scary. And yet for me, there's just something about it that always gets me where I'm just like, no. Ah." Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. There there was a a series of short horror videos on YouTube. Mm -hmm. It was actually one of the things that um, influenced the the dead meat videos that I did back Mm. in the day. And they were like, like minute, two minute long, little short horror vignettes. And there was one that, that I thought was so good where it was uh it was this woman in she in bed she wakes up in mm-hmm. in the middle of the night and her husband is is next to her and she kind of rolls over and kind of cuddles him or whatever and, yeah. and she's kind of talking but he's not responding cuz he's asleep yeah and then um she kind of rolls back over to go to sleep and her cell phone rings uh-huh. and she picks her cell phone up and it's her husband <gasps> oh no and she and he's like yeah i'm sorry honey i'm not going to be able to get home tonight i got to work late and she's like okay and then she closes the thing, the cell phone, uh-huh. and then like very slowly starts to lean over the person in bed. <gasps> and then for the first time, they cut to the reverse oh, shot where you see the person. No. And it's just this like demon, <laughs> this really creepy demon face. And it, man, it was so, oh, so good. Oh, that's good. So effective. That's good. But I, I, I feel like that's. I'll show it to you when we're done. Yeah. I, I, would, find I would love to see that. Um I feel like that's one thing that this movie actually does pretty well, though, is that kind of. I know some of it's, you know, computer augmented or generated, but a lot of it is just sort of like that creepy grudge face puppet mm-hmm. or an actor in the makeup. Yeah. You know, like I, I think because it is those sort of more simple things of just like a body where it shouldn't be mm-hmm. a, a person whose face is just wrong. Right. Like yeah. those things I think are so much more effective than in terms of like scare inducing stuff. When you look at the ring, you know, you watch like the video in the ring, the vi- the videotape, and it's creepy as hell. It's really cool. I love it, but it's not scary. Yeah. And yeah, I, f- I find a lot more in this. This is not as good of a movie story wise, but I-, I definitely think it's a scarier movie. I think so too. Yeah. How do you feel about the Yoko stuff when she reappears with her jaw missing? <sighs> that's tough because I actually I think that scene is really frightening I think that's yeah. one of the moments where they do suspense really well because you know something's wrong with her mm. whether or not you've put together the fact that it's her loose jaw her loose mandible <laughs> mm-hmm. in the attic um, you know that she's been she went to this house and she was attacked and now she has been missing yeah so you know something's wrong with her and it is this slow, like she walks into the building and she walks halfway down the stairs and then she turns back around. And it does a really good job, I think, of being suspenseful. I think when you see her face, her face is really gross. Yeah, um, They get away with a decent amount of gore for a PG-13 movie. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I think this is that's probably the goriest part. I, I can't remember another PG-13 movie where I've seen a loose mandible. Let's put yes. It that way. Yes. And a woman with no lower jaw. Right. Um, so I think she looks really frightening. Um, but 
if you're trying to put this in plot wise, again, it kind of adds these complications of, so is she dead? Right. Yeah. I feel like she should be dead. Yeah. But I don't know if she is. If she's not dead, is she also grudge now? Mm-hmm. And is she grudge in Yoko form? Right. Yes. Right. Is she sister of grudge? Hmm. Acquaintance of grudge. Acquaintance of grudge. Yeah. Heir to grudge. <laughs> Heir to grudge. Um. But yeah, it, it kind of adds emergency in... contact of grudge. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, it kind of adds in all of those kind of complicating questions of where does this fit in this sort of mythology? Yeah, and this the Ted Raimi stuff feels like it's in there for the sake of we need to get another kill in here or something. Yeah, you know? like, yeah we need to spice things up right now that's while, another, while detectives are talking. And Yeah, and that's another bit where it's like, I don't even know if Karen ever knows that he's dead because we don't even really I know he's dead. They talk about it. She's told in the very... Um, <laughs> Uh, voicemail ex machina that Doug leaves her. <laughs> yes. Yes. Yeah. Where it's like, Alex and Yoko are dead. I found your research. I'm going to go find you. Yeah. <laughs> Boy. That was that was something. Roswell guy and his plot are a yeah. low point of this movie. I will say, <clears throat> this might answer some questions. Uh, this is from the IMDb trivia. It's a, it's a, bit, of, it's a bit of a read, so bear with me. Oh, boy. <clears throat> About 40 minutes of material was removed from the final cut. Approximately seven minutes of deleted material was restored in the unrated cut of the film, including in the cut scenes, which were included as deleted scenes on the DVD and Blu-ray, mm. were extensions of the scenes where Doug is walking Karen to work, extended scenes of the Williams family exploring their new home, an extension of the scene where Emma's corpse and Karen are discovered, and a conversation between Doug and Karen in the hospital about the corpses of Matthew and Jennifer being discovered. <clears throat> Susan also visits her family in the house and upstairs Matthew is recreating Takio's murder of Kayako possessed by him, mm. but with Jennifer instead. He also vaguely rants about a woman having an affair before kicking Susan out of the house. He also takes a bloody roll of tape and heads to the closet, followed by Kayako. Susan's death was also longer, where after she finds out after she finds that her brother is not in the hallway, she runs back inside and sees a hand jump out of the sink filled with water and dishes, and she rushes into her bed. Yoko's death was different. Before she is dragged into the attic by Kayako, she sees a smoky shadow materialize in the hallway, and as she crawls back inside the room, Toshio's cat appears and scares her into the closet where Kayako grabs her. This is a recreation of a similar scene in Juon with Yuki, an entire subplot concerning Yuki. Uh, sorry, an entire subplot concerning Yoko's dismembered jaw and her missing <laughs> corpse was also deleted. Mm. Detective Nakagawa is talking with a forensics technician and asks if it's possible to survive without a human jaw, a re- which is a recreation of an identical scene in Juon, where the same question is asked, and he gives an uncertain answer. <laughs> Igari. Igarashi also informs him that the real estate agent Suzuki that sold the house to the Williams sisters, ha- sorry, the Williams sisters, <laughs> to the Williams has died. His fate is left unknown in the theatrical. That's true. He does go yeah. into the house and he never gets grudged. Yeah, I was going to say, I actually kind of <laughs> like that inclusion of like, he went in there, he's dead. Yeah. That's how it works. <laughs> you go in once and that's all it takes. Yeah. In the morgue where the detectives are examining the corpses of Alex and Yoko, the mortician theorizes that because Yoko's blood was covering Alex that she must have killed him. 
which would imply that she was somehow able to survive two or three days without her jaw baffling everyone. <laughs> so I don't know if that really would have added much in the way of explaining things. Yeah, I don't I don't think I disagree with most of those cuts. Yeah. I think the only thing I maybe would think about including a little bit more of is with the Williamses, with Matthew and Jennifer, sort of highlighting that these ghosts are making people relive their actions. Mm-hmm. Because I think that's more, or, uh, that's always kind of was, was what I thought was more of the point, mm. is that they are recreating their own violent deaths over and over again. Yeah, And I don't think this movie does a good job of displaying that. No, it really doesn't. And I, mean, I kind of wish if that was the point that they did that. Yeah. Like they actually went there and and, and sort of said, even if when she, even with when um, Sarah Michelle Gellar shows up and she's looking for her boyfriend, even if he came out and was like, I can't believe you'd do this to me and then attacked her. Sure. I'd be like, yeah. oh, I get it. All right. The ghosts are possessing people. Yeah. Right. And that's why they didn't kill her right away is they were like, yes, we can lure you both here and then recreate our, our deaths. Yeah. Grudge and son seem to be more interested in improv. Than yes. Else. Yes. Whereas <laughs> husband of grudge. <laughs> Is uh, oh, a little one note, shall we say? Yeah, I guess um, in the original Japanese version, the uh, he, the the husband loses his mind because he believes his son to be the son of what would be the Bill Pullman character, ah. which is why he attacks and why he kills the wife. And yeah, stuff. and the son. Yeah, yeah. Um, which. That like that is even a little bit more detail. Where I'm like, okay, all right, I, yeah. I, I get it. Yeah. Whereas that's not in this, and so it still feels a little bit kind of like you know disparate and. Yeah, and it's and it's really <laughs> interesting. Something that actually the ring does as well is that these ghosts that have come back for revenge are not purely innocent victims, which I mm. think is really interesting. Like like Toshio is mm-hmm. son of grudge. Son of grudge. Um, he is, he is an innocent victim. He didn't do anything wrong. Right. I'm not saying that like Samara in the ring deserved to get thrown into a well and left for dead, (laughs) but she was doing, she, you know, in the ring, she has psychic powers and is using them to torment people around her. Right. We watched that movie like two months ago and I already forgot. You've already forgotten about that. I always forget about that aspect of the movie. (laughs) Yeah, that she's sort of some Damien from the Omen figure Mm -hmm. um, who is like psychologically damaging everybody around her. Yeah. So she's not an innocent is all I'm saying. And then in this, you know, Kayako is stalking her professor. Right. And... She hasn't done anything violent, but she's definitely stalking him and harassing him. And it's kind of like just, I I feel like in some ways it's sort of dismissed a little bit because it's like, oh, well, they didn't actually have an affair. And it's like, no, but if the genders of these two characters were swapped, this would be deeply menacing. Yeah. Right? Yeah. So I feel like, all right. That's another bit that feels kind of auditiony. Yeah. Yeah. And and so it's interesting because it's sort of like, she has made choices that have led her to this point. So you're saying she deserved it? No. Because also I feel like the husband is quite a cipher. Yeah. Like you never get any detail about yeah. him. He just, it, it's, 
you know, I paused really quick on on the um, when 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 Sarah Michelle Gellar is going through the newspaper clippings just to see, and in the newspaper clippings, it was like, oh, everybody thought he was a loving husband. Mm. It's like, okay, so he just out of nowhere murdered her, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think there's uh, I think there's some stuff in there that is again, it's a little loosey goosey. Yeah. Uh, so. In, in one of the, the things it said, the flashback to Takio's death also reveals that she ripped off his jaw in addition to strangling him. So, Wait, did, what? Yeah. So Wait. that's where the, the, the mandible is pull is something that happened to the father in addition to... That's not in the movie, right? No. I didn't think so. I saw that mentioned a couple times. And he himself. Yeah. I saw that mentioned a couple times in... The, the trivia and i didn't yeah. know what it was talking about but <clears throat> yeah no um, my 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 i don't know where the jaw thing came from but my my understanding was always that he takeo murders their son yep then murders his wife and then hangs himself yeah that's what i understood it to be as well yeah, yeah. uh kayako's signature croak Mm. Also referred to as a death rattle comes from the fact that her husband Takio had snapped her neck but hadn't killed her, mm. and she is trying to breathe through a broken windpipe. Her stumble also comes from the fact that her ankle ankle broke as she was trying to run away from her husband. She's also covered in blood because he slashed her repeatedly with a box cutter. This scene, the the scene that implies this was cut from the film to receive a PG thirteen, mm. it was restored in the unrated cut. I'd be curious to see the unrated cut of this. Yeah, I feel like in the Japanese version they show a little bit more of that because mm. I feel like I knew some of that. Yeah, <laughs> um, I actually just I, I I like the what 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 they do with sound in this movie. Yeah, like yeah. she has that death rattle and and kind of croaking noise, but that's also how the house sounds. Mm. Like when they're up in the attic, it creaks right. when they lean yeah. on stuff, and so I like that, and I like the conflating of the cat and the boy. Mm-hmm. That they both got drowned, and the cat yowling can sound like a child crying. Right. Yeah. So I, I think those things are really interesting that they've kind of meshed these different things together. Yeah. Um, I do want to talk about the worst part of this movie. Roswell guy. Yes. Combination, mm. unfortunately, mm. of Roswell guy and Sarah Michelle Gellar's character. It like it's yeah it, like. There's just nothing there. Yeah. And I, to a large, in a larger sense, I have been or had been very kind of baffled by uh, Sarah Michelle Geller's horror movie appearances because I never f- felt mm. like they figured out how to use her in a way that was matched her. <sighs> I don't know. Like she, she's Buffy the Vampire Slayer, but right? I, but I wonder if part of that wasn't. I don't know if it was from her or from studios or, or wherever. But if if part of it wasn't trying to figure out how to get her to be not Buffy, yeah, I like, think that's like give her yeah. an opportunity to play a different character. I, I know specifically that's why she took the role in. I know what you did last summer, because which I actually is, think uses her pretty well. Oh yeah, I think that's probably her best horror movie that she's yeah. done um but you know she shows up in scream for a hot second but mm-hmm. that doesn't even really count because everybody shows up in scream for a hot second yeah but even there like that's right in the middle of buffy 
And so to mm-hmm. see her like stumbling through a house is weird. Yeah. And then here it's like they don't give her anything. Yeah. Like they don't give her a character at all to play. Yeah. It's just sort of quietly walking, uh, trepidatiously walking through a house. And it's yeah. like, it just feels like a, a yeah. waste of her. It's weird because I feel like based on her introduction in this movie, we're supposed to think of her as very competent. Yeah. Where, you know, she wakes up in the morning and her boyfriend is stumbling around sniffing his own dirty laundry to see what's less disgusting. Um, and she is barely awake and she's able to tell him, oh, bottom drawer, that's where your clean clothes are. Oh, this is over here. Oh, also, I set the alarm an hour ahead last night so that we'd have time together this morning. Mm-hmm. And it's it's clearly supposed to be like, oh, yeah, she's got it like all together. Yeah. She's yeah, she's really put together and her boyfriend's kind of a bumbling idiot. Yeah. But we don't get to see her really being competent in any sort of way yeah. after that. <clears throat> yeah. The, the, the interesting thing about her is that she comes off as this. They present her as this competent character mm-hmm. and they set her in a environment that is knocking her off her axis right but they never do anything with that like like it never and we don't even really get much of it like she 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 goes on the train to find her way to the house and she gets really close Mm -hmm. before she needs to ask for directions yeah yeah and then she very competently asks someone for directions and finds the house like right. there, there's yeah. not even like a yeah i don't know there's there's she's supposed to be a fish out of water but she seems fine yeah and like the, <laughs> the fish out of water elements never um never really comes back into play with anything else she does in the movie yeah like once she gets grudged it's it just yeah. is sort of she's a you know, I, I get she again. She goes through the the requisite Google search or whatever, but yeah. I never get the sense that she's having any sort of character progression or or overcoming anything. Yeah, she's just sort of she's just sort of a cipher for the plot, just to get the information out. And I think yeah. I think thematically, there's more interesting things that they could be doing and having her do um, than just sort of experience. Like even at yeah. the end when she shows up at the end. They just, the go, grudge just tells her what's going on. Right, right. Like, she's just shown, like, she's yeah. <laughs> got front row seats in this movie. And even after that, it's like, thanks, I yeah, guess. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I guess I'll leave right. now. Okay. <laughs> so I'm going to go back downstairs. I'm going to try and find my boyfriend. I'm going to try and get out of here. Yeah. Yeah. It's. Like, even, even okay, moving back to the boyfriend, right? Mm. If they had played him, they kind of play him. I honestly, I I don't even know if this is true because he's such a vacuum. Yeah. But like, there's there's a bit of a sense that maybe he is not as considerate or on the up and up or something. I don't know. I can't tell. I can't tell because that guy's just like. Or is he totally devoted to her? No idea. No difference. And I kept waiting for there to be something like, you know, as she's going through this. Uh, we had, ju- you know, what I kept waiting for. I- we had just seen Candyman. We went to mm-hmm. the uh, the opening night of the Salem Horror Film Fest. And got to yes. see a Q and A with Tony Todd, yes. and watched uh, Candyman. And I kept waiting for the Candyman thing, where it's like, oh, mm-hmm. he's cheating on her with some, you know, something just to right, give him right. literally yes. anything, which at least at that point would link him. I-, I guess what I'm looking for is, 
I feel like what maybe is missing is having some sort of impropriety built into him yeah. that would link him to the uh, Takio. Yeah. So her, based so I mean, it, it, the whole thing is basically Grudge being like, "Honey, you need to cut that boy yeah. loose because he is no good for you." <laughs> you know what I mean? Like or, something, or vice versa, of her having some sort of doubts. Sure. Yeah. About like, I came all the way here with you, and now you're always either working or at school, and right. I never actually get to see you. So right. like, why did I come here? Should I even be here? Maybe, maybe it's better if we break up and I go home. Yeah. And have him then become possessed by Takeo, who's saying, no, you're mine. Yeah. I won't lose you to anybody else. I'd rather see you dead. Yeah. Like, you, you could do something <laughs> along those Man, lines. I, I can't I can't think of a character that is, is worse yeah. than that boyfriend that I have seen in a while. Well, it's like, you, you again looking at the ring because that's the whole reason I chose this is Mm -hmm. so because I think in comparison to the ring it it's doing some similar things and they're both doing very different things Rachel and Noah I think his name was Noah sure the two that sounds right yeah right um the two the two leads of the ring they have characters. Yes. You might not like them all the time, mm-hmm. but they very much have characters. Like Rachel is somebody who gets obsessed with her work and, and figuring out the answers to certain questions, even to the detriment of her own family. Noah is someone who's kind of immature, kind of wants to do the right thing, but is fundamentally a little too self-centered to, mm-hmm. to get out of his own way. Yeah. And, you know, they're flawed people, but they seem to be doing the right thing. And they have some sort of chemistry when they're in a room together. Sure, yeah. What can you say about Karen and Doug? Nothing. E- even in that opening scene, she's doing all the heavy lifting. Yes. He's just like, I'm going to be late for my thing. And she's being, yeah. you know, charming as hell. Yeah. And he's just a vacuum. Yes. <clears throat> yeah. And there's no, like... There's no tension between them, sexual or otherwise, mm-hmm. and that makes it really difficult to connect to their relationship, to them as people, because yeah. it, it's just like, this is not how, I don't know, if I'd been in the hospital because I had some sort of trauma and and my partner reacted the way he reacts, I'd be like, oh shit, are we breaking up? Yeah, yeah. Do you not that's... care about me? <laughs> like... <laughs> That that's the thing. It's like I'm I'm the whole movie. I'm I'm desperately trying to figure out what the take is here. Right? Like, is he the bad boyfriend? Is right. he the good boyfriend? Because there uh, is nothing, and right. it's just you're trying to grasp onto anything to figure out what the hell this guy's deal is. Yeah. And even that that phone call you were talking about when he leaves that message, <laughs> which is so strange because yes. he's like, she leaves him a note. Yes. And then he's he's he says he calls the house and is like. I don't know where you are. I'm out looking for you. But he's calling the house. Right. I don't did know. you go to that house? I'm going to go find you. Yeah. It's like, did people use answering machines that way? Well, I mean, in Batman Returns, <laughs> Selena Kyle uses her answering machine to remind her that she has to go back to the office. Yeah. <laughs> That's different, though. Yeah. That's a note to self. That's true. That's a good point. Yeah. He's just, there's nothing there. Yeah. She can do a lot better than that guy. <laughs> Um. Yeah, I think I think that's that's more or less it. 
for for this. Yeah. Um, how did you feel about the ending? The ver- the last little bit in the morgue there. I don't like it. Yeah. I don't like it. I kind of want her to either be free of it or be complicit in in it or be dead. <laughs> <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, like I, I, I either because it doesn't make any sense. Yeah. Like, they've burned the house down. But they saved the house. But they saved the house. Fine. But so she's still cursed. Right. And then we're just gonna leave it there. So there's no resolution. That's like that's that's not where you end that movie. Yeah. You it, go for another twenty minutes until she either defeats the curse somehow or she doesn't. Right. Yeah. You don't just say. And then she was cursed forever. The end. It's like, no, the curse kills people. Yeah. The natural ending is either you you are killed by the curse or you somehow dispel it. Yeah, and the whole <coughs> excuse me. The whole thing where like you've got this character who is your main character, and then all of the forward action shifts to this cop, even down to the point that it's his idea to burn the house down. Yes. And then she just does it because it happens to be there. Like right. The, the gas happens to already be down right, there. and May her well dead boyfriend house. has a lighter because he's a smoker. Right. Yeah. It's like the only point of having him in that movie. Yeah, and then you get to the end point, and it's like it just feels like they needed that. It they it, needed to end it. <laughs> yeah. It, well, it feels very much like a uh, we need one more jumpy thing to go out on. Sure. How do we do one more? Let's let's lead her there. I would. I think we could do we could do like a YouTube one of those YouTube like supercut. Mm-hmm. analysis analyses mm-hmm. on the way that morgues are depicted in these movies <laughs> where, oh my god yes where in this Everybody one you can just walk in and out of them yeah in they this want. one they're bringing her down i assume to identify his body yeah and they just push her into the room by herself and yes. shut the door. <laughs> yeah they're like all right yeah, you, just, you two have fun in there spend some time yeah. with the corpse of your dead boyfriend <laughs> we'll be out here let He's us know when you're burned done. corpse yeah yeah, and and also like, why would she have survived? I don't know. They're like, they even say like, how did she survive? And they're like, we're, we don't know. We're looking into it. Yeah. It's like, wait. So did Grudge save her? Maybe. And if so, why? Yeah. Isn't getting everybody to burn to death in the house where you were murdered kind of like peak Grudge? Yeah, theoretically, that's what Grudge would want. Yes. You would. Th- I guess. No. I don't know. Who knows? Maybe that's part of the problem is we don't really know what Grudge wants, other than to Grudge. <laughs> She's like, I really just want a haircut. <laughs> that's all i've been asking somebody please cut my hair it's in my face and i can't get it out because mm-hmm. my arms are broken and so i can't move it out of my face can you please just give me a haircut? it's constantly wet i'm just looking for somebody to put my hair in a ponytail for me man if if grudge and samara show up at the same party that's gonna be embarrassing yeah it's gonna be awkward because it's wearing the same outfit yeah i actually wanted there was a um a movie that came out a handful of years ago it was grudge versus the ring okay so greg is gonna be thrilled because he asked me Mm -hmm. have they ever done that and i was like i don't know they have and uh i haven't seen it i've heard it's not good Uh, i'm shocked (laughs) i don't even know what that movie would be i'm curious to see it just to see like how they manage to do both of these things at the same time two levitating women with long dark hair in their faces i hope it's i hope it's romey and michelle's high school reunion (laughs) but it's grudge and ring perfect um uh, same girl played grudge in this one as did in the original mm. uh th- up until this film 
sorry, up until this film was beaten by Friday the 13th, 2009, which mm-hmm. opened with a 40.1 million intake. Wow. This film held the record for the highest grossing opening weekend for a horror remake in history. Huh. With a $39 million gross. The sequel, the sequel was greenlit almost immediately. Yeah, <clears throat> I can see why. Um, did I see the sequel? I honestly mm. don't know. So I can tell you what I remember about the sequel. Mm-hmm. Sarah Michelle Gellar is a brunette in that movie. That's what I remember about the sequel. <laughs> Are I, you less of a fan? Is that why you're... No, she looked great. <laughs> I think... I believe No such she... thing as less of a fan of Sarah Michelle Gellar. No. Uh, I believe she gets her character gets killed in that movie. I don't remember. And she should have gotten killed in this one. Yeah, I don't remember where where or when it happens, but I think mm-hmm. they kill her off. And also, much like The Ring, this movie also got a fairly recent sequel slash remake, mm. which I did not see. Yeah, no, I didn't even know what happened. Yeah, I think it came and went pretty quick. I don't think it, it yeah. was uh, particularly high, highly regarded. I guess the sequel, yeah. Grudge 2, is there's a... A subplot in the original grudge, the Japanese mm-hmm. grudge, with these two schoolgirls who okay. end up encountering grudge. And uh, they cut that from this, and they sort of repurposed it for the the sequel. Mm-hmm. So I think that's the main plot of the second movie. But Sure. Yeah. So, uh, yeah. Um, do you think this should be on our list? No. No. <laughs> no. I, but, you know, I do still think it's a really interesting movie to look back on now mm-hmm. because it it was part of that moment where the ring came out and this came out and the, the second ring movie came out and there was all of a sudden this awareness that there were these horror movies coming out of places like Japan and Korea that were really scary. Yeah. And I think it was part of what has eventually led us to like, you know, movies like Parasite winning an Oscar. Mm-hmm. Is because partially, I mean, Hollywood realized that that movies from other places could be lucrative. Yep. But also, I think it it destigmatized it for audiences a little bit, where it's yeah. like this might be foreign, this might be unfamiliar, but you can still enjoy it. Mm-hmm. And I think watching these American remakes for a lot of people, especially I think younger people like myself. I watched the American versions and then immediately went out and got my hands on the original Japanese version. Sure, yeah. And watched those. And that led me further into, like, I ended up watching the movie um, A Tale of Two Sisters, which is yeah, Korean. That's on our list, yeah. Is on this list officially. And I really love that movie. And it kind of rejiggered what I thought a horror movie could be. Mm. Because in a lot of ways, I don't know if you've ever seen that I one. haven't. No, I'm looking forward to that one. In a lot of ways, it's really not a traditional horror movie. It's 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 a it's an odd duck of a movie. Mm. Um, but it's it's, I think you know, there's a direct li- there's a direct line for me from The Ring to The Grudge to a movie like that, mm. and then then that kind of launches me out into a totally different understanding of what horror movies can be versus what was coming out in the in the early to mid two thousands in America. Yeah. So yeah. I still think it's an important movie. I just don't think it's one of the 200 best horror movies of all time. <laughs> I would agree with that. Yeah, I, I do think it is. Um, it's it's interesting because I feel like you you don't quite get the... How, what am I trying to say here? Um, I feel like genre movies are 
easier to uh, to have people cross over into different um, language mm. or, or movies from different countries. Yeah, it's easier to get people in through genre than anything yeah. else because very rarely do you see people like a boom in French comedies or like right. f- or german dramas or something or you know what i mean right well it's, i think i think comedy especially when it when it relies on sort of wordplay yes that's it's tough. really difficult to do that in translation and still have things come out being yeah. funny but something that's scary for 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 people in one country is probably going to be pretty scary for people in most countries yeah. like as humans we all have a few basic fears to be played upon and so yeah i, th- I think it's easier to have that crossover moment. Yeah. I also think too that there is a one of the things that makes um foreign horror movies so effective is mm. the fact that they are foreign mm. because they're the I think I've always felt that the language barrier adds a layer to the um unknown if sure. if you will. Like yeah. if you watch it if you watch like Italian horror movies Almost all of them are dubbed, yep. or even right, let's. S- s- there are subtitle ones, but specifically the ones that are dubbed. Mm. The dubbing, because it is so kind of uncanny valley, yes, adds another layer of the bizarre and the unreal to right. what's going on, which I think lends itself to the um, to to the genre pretty well, and and makes yeah. it makes it really easy to kind of fall into like those Lucio Fulci movies we're watching they don't even make any fucking sense yeah. but the fact the fact that they are they've got this dreamlike quality to them and they've got this sort of odd vocal dubbing on top yeah. of it adds to that and it all it all kind of works and I you know I think you see it in action movies too where yeah. I mean people have been talking about Triple R oh yeah which is we just finally watched that yeah. like a week ago and it was amazing or it was but, insane you know any <laughs> Japanese action movies and stuff like that it's yeah. there's something about yeah. or like, like, like look at the tv shows that now people get obsessed oh, with sure you know yeah. like i know squid game was like a year ago now yeah. but you know especially like korean tv shows are now huge in america yeah 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 it's uh i think it is a great way to to broaden your horizons into yeah. other countries films because uh there's a lot of them yeah. A lot of people don't realize that. Jesus, <laughs> sound like Donald Trump. I know. <laughs> I was just thinking that. <laughs> I was like, what just many, happened many over pe- here? Many people are saying yeah. Korean movies, very scary. Some not so scary. <laughs> All right. We got anyway, to uh, put an end to this. I'm going to get I you the, out of that blue suit and take that red tie off. At least I didn't do the voice. I was, I was this close. <laughs> I was almost going to do it. Uh, I hit the randomizer button. Beep, boop, boop, beep, boop, 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 boop. And I'm excited because, boy, are we going to have a conversation next time because we are doing number 174, David Cronenberg's The Brood. (gasps) Oh, yes. Oh, yep. Yep, yep, yep. Get ready to talk about divorce. Oh, man. And the literalization of internalized misogyny. Holy shit. This is going to be a doozy. I'm going to show Reed? up. I'm oh, going to show up with some like whiskey next time or Let's something because I'm going to need to get drunk and yell about misogyny. <laughs> anyway, thank you guys for listening. If you want to support the show, you can head over to patreoncom slash Penske file, uh, where Amanda and I are this year doing films off the video nasties list. 
Uh, April was Lucio Fulci's The Beyond. May is The Living Dead in Manchester Morgue. Yes. So uh, we're getting into zombie territory here. Thank God. Should be very fun. And uh, yeah, uh, thank you guys for listening. Thank you, Mando. Thank you, son of grudge. (laughs) We'll see you next time. Bye, everyone. Uh... (laughs) Oh, my God.